Hello and welcome to episode number 257 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Always good when we're back at the cinema. Always yes, good. it's been, God, what, at least five weeks or so since The Conjuring, um, mm. which was a bloody lovely time. I really enjoyed The Conjuring. Um, I'm, look, I'm actually looking forward to when that comes out so I can watch it again. Um, enjoyed the cinema. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, it's, it's been... It's, it's been good. Like I say, we've been craving it. And even though we were in the middle of kind of the Fear Street trilogy, which we were mostly enjoying, um, mm. even though we didn't enjoy part two as much as part one, still still liked it. Um, but the cinema was calling us with two new releases. Um, and we decided to watch The Purge, The Forever Purge, um, or Untitled Purge Sequel, as our local Odeon was calling it. Um, yeah. Very confusing. <laughs> like, I don't know what was going Do on there. Do you think they should call the next Purge movie that? I like it. Well, they can't because that's apparently this one. But nah, um, yeah, there was a whole thing. Um, but yeah, we'll get into the Purge talk very shortly because we've discussed a lot of Purge yeah, mm. film and TV really for have. the podcast over the last five that years. Probably too much Purge. Yeah, um, but we'll get to that shortly. But yeah, just one news story this week. And it's not so much as like an actual news item, but I like to put these movies in here occasionally where this is on my radar and I'd like to just discuss it so kind of people know that it's upcoming. Um, and there is kind of one little reason why it's in the news this week. Um, but do you remember that movie Raw that came out? Um, oh, I think yeah. it was around 2016. Um, yeah, yeah, the French movie. Early, weren't it? Yeah, um, so kind of the director, Julia DeCorno, um, this is, so she's got a follow-up to that, her new project, her new film, um, which is called Titan, um, with an E on the end. I presume it's just pronounced Titan. Um, I'm just guessing these things. But uh, yeah, this has kind of been on my radar for a little bit over the last year or so, here, and that kind of, you know, she's making this apparently Mm. really wild-sounding horror film, which sounds really cool. Um, And kind of over the last week or so, um, the kind of Cannes Film Festival has been taking place and Mm this was uh, very well received um and kind of yeah the reason why i put it in the news but not that i put too much kind of credence into this for me personally um even though i am someone who does like awards um more than most people i would say um is that it did win the palm door um at this week at the, this year's Cannes festival um which obviously is kind of like the most coveted prize um it's notable for a lot of reasons um because they don't traditionally give it to kind of quote-unquote horror films um mm. the, the last winner was parasite which obviously was one of those movies that kind of like towed the line um and they're not they're not kind of avert to giving it to films that contain violence i think that's where i would say is the biggest difference between something like the academy who are i think very shy when it comes to violent movies um whereas khan is kind of a bit more open to that um so that's why it's in here but yeah i'm excited for this movie um it's being described as a very cronenberg like movie um very gory (laughs) very body horror um dealing with kind of sexuality mixed with sci-fi mixed with graphic violence it's it's speaking to me um every time sounds like raw yeah definitely exactly um because yeah raw was very cronenberg like and raw, um, raw is one of those movies that i've seen it on like demand mm. quite a few times and i've always been like i should really watch that again and then i was I'm gonna like, say to you I have you rewatched it no because whenever i think about putting it on i'm like i don't know whether i'm like mentally ready for it <laughs> yeah yeah it's similar with a lot of those films isn't it but mm. um i remember this uh raw and revenge as like these two really cool movies that we both were lucky enough to see at the cinema these kind of two foreign language movies and funny enough i'm pretty sure they both narrowly missed out on our top tens of those respective mm. years like when i say narrowly i'm pretty sure raw was like 11 and maybe revenge was like 12 or whatever year that mm. was um you know really really fine margins um and i've i've wanted to rewatch both of them and haven't um but yeah like you say about raw i'm definitely going to pick it up on blu-ray soon and rewatch it because i'm definitely overdue um and kind of being excited for this project as well um and yeah kind of i guess most notable as well is um it has been picked up for uk rights um i believe it's neon who are yes um i think it's neon who are covering it i think mostly international so like u.s audiences but um altitude and film four have acquired the rights in the uk um and the current plan is that they will collaborate on a theatrical release later this year um so it's really exciting there is a little trailer out as well which um 
is cool it's similar ish to the last night in soho trailer where i don't think there's any dialogue um so i'm assuming this is a french language movie but i don't actually know and um yeah it just kind of gives you a sense of the tone and the visual style and it looks really messed up it looks super like cyberpunky with just like a bunch of crazy violence in it and there is this obsession with cars in it as well um because i have been seeing a lot of comparisons to crash um Mm. so that's interesting but yeah this is just a cool little movie um that i wanted to put out there it's called titan um from a from a really great kind of director of the, her previous movie and it's been a while you know five years has definitely do a new film um so yeah put it on there it's on my radar now it'll be on hopefully everyone else's um i'm curious when it will come out like i hope it comes out at a good time um mm-hmm. you know, i don't want it to come out when it's like a bunch of big releases um so hopefully they'll be good because I feel like it could be something similar-ish to Saint Maud, where Saint Maud mm-hmm. came out for us at a perfect time, um, yeah. and, and it really landed for us. And so I hope that that happens with this movie. There's a, there's um, a world where uh, you know we wouldn't have seen like Saint Maud if there'd have been mm, other stuff out. Do you know what I mean? Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that one for sure. So yeah, very slow news week this week. That's why I just wanted to put it out there as this fun movie that I'm looking forward to. Um, shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about The Forever Purge. So yeah, kind of as we mentioned at the start of the show, there's been a whole lot of purge in the last few years. Um, Where did we, how many like purge movies crept into the Super Horror Bros history? Yeah, so obviously it would have been election year, which was the third Purge movie right. in 2016. Um, so yeah, it started with the original movie in 2013. Um, they immediately followed up with the sequel in 2014. And then since then, we've covered it all for the show. So election year 2016, the last movie, the first Purge in 2018. Um, and of course, two seasons of the TV show was after the last movie, um, which I loved the first season of The Purge. Um, I said it at the time, it was my favorite realization of the purge concept to date was that first season of the tv show um season two wasn't as good wasn't dreadful but certainly wasn't noteworthy and then obviously it got cancelled um and that brings us to this movie which is kind of (laughs) a weird one you know they they were talking this up for a while feels like it's nicely set up yeah they were they were talking this up in terms of concept. Mm. I remember so James DeMonaco, who's kind of the the long term creator. Um, he's wrote all of the movies and he directed the first three, and then he hasn't directed the last two. But he's still heavily involved. This is very mm. much his baby. Um, he was very much talking this up of like I've come up with this idea, and obviously three years since the last movie is the biggest jump for them in terms of theatrical releases. Obviously mm. the uh, the pandemic has something to do with that as well. Um, but he was talking this up of like this is a great idea for the movie but my the problem is that it basically ends the purge you know like this is my final idea this is my swan song for the franchise i think now is the time to unleash this crazy idea and then be done with it and so without looking too much into the movie i kind of trusted that i was like okay that's cool Mm. i like that he's saying that this is the end um calling it the forever purge i was low-key you know excited for those specifics of this film um so I guess that leads us into what exactly is the plot synopsis for this film? Oh, I don't even know, man. Where to begin? <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that I was a little confused about going into this movie is obviously mm. um, we had the kind of three kind of linear purge movies, in particular two and three kind of very much fed into each other. Yeah. Um then the first purge obviously takes us right back then with the tv show and everything i was a little confused as to where we're at with modern day purge yeah and kind of we pick this movie up in a world where the nffa have been um out of power for a period of time or or certainly not purging and then this is the first year that i believe that they were re-elected and have re-established the purge so it's kind of the first year that there is been a purge for a number of years which was unclear to me 
um having I was not really, kind of thought about it, was it really unclear to me until i've just read the exact same thing as you yeah this is set okay. eight years after election year and right yeah, what you yeah. said is true they've the new founding yeah. fathers yeah, have just yeah. been re-elected so i didn't yeah. even yeah gather that that it's like oh there's been eight years in that world without a purge no i, I knew there was some time and so obviously kind of um <clears throat> we we joined we're, we're pretty we're in texas aren't we pretty much right yeah the whole one mm-hmm. yeah and we're kind of our kind of main focus is this kind of Texan ranch where there's kind of um, yeah like a horse kind of ranch where there's a mixture of kind of the the rich kind of ranch owners and then kind of the hired help that are, that are there and kind of um, we get this kind of pretty kind of generic at this point purge setup where we kind of. Um, get the kind of ranch owners kind of locking themselves into their home and kind of barricading themselves in. And then we have kind of the, 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 the workers that are kind of out in it, kind of some choosing to and wanting to purge and others just because they have no choice kind of shelter and wherever they can. And kind of, um, I felt like we, we got chucked into the purge kind of pretty quickly, like as, like I, I would have always liked it to get there quicker um but i think it got there okay um but it it or it had a very different feel about it from the beginning what this what the purge night was going to be and kind of we get these kind of little hints of kind of um people kind of you know really amped up and and, and not kind of, you know different symbolism of this kind of group that seems to going to want to rise up and kind of um very quickly we get through the purge night and we go into what is known as the forever purge where people don't stop purging (laughs) and um everyone apart from a very small percentage of people in america are all complete psychos that just want to kill each other Mm. um (laughs) in in this movie (laughs) yeah and um yeah it's kind of the whole the whole country flips on its head and we we kind of are following the 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 ranch people kind of both sides of it where they are in a kind of uh road trip through purginess to get to america uh, america get to mexico which is going to be a safe haven and the borders are only open kind of for a limited amount of time Mm. um kind of um uh bit like kind of army of the dead feel where we kind of have this race against the clock to get somewhere yeah um and and yeah i guess that's kind of a uh, big chunk of the plot and what this movie's all about um i think you know this um the, the purge has been a weird franchise for us through i think whenever we've spoken about it whenever we've kind of said like it's a very cool idea and they've never truly executed it how we want. Mm. And I think kind of going into this and kind of the, the flip and kind of his end game, kind of this, this idea of a forever purge, I think with it, almost the pandemic and everything that's happened in real life over the last two years is perfectly triggered to be like, Oh, we're going to have a forever purge. Like, people aren't going to stop. They're too pissed off with the world the way it is. But the movie almost does nothing to actually set that up. Um, Like I say, we get this little bit of symbolism of kind of like, it seems like this group is, they're going to be doing something. But not to the level of, you know, the whole of America that's going to, you know, just burn to the ground. And I think kind of, that's one of my biggest frustrations is that the, the, the kind of, the the final purge wasn't really kind of geared up to to seem like we're going to turn into the forever purge and and kind of when it did i just felt like it wasn't earned and i feel like it was such an open net to really give some commentary on kind of what's going on in the world right now and kind of turn it into something which the movie has always tried to do like Mm. these movies have always tried to kind of toe the line between kind of political message and kind of you know these not even really horror movies, kind of action movies. And, and in particular, this movie is very much uh, an action movie that, that kind of, you know, centers around people uh, doing a lot of killing, but really is more of an action movie with, you know, a lot of gunplay than, than kind of this 
you know, than, than, a, than a real horror movie. Um, but, but yeah, I just found like there that, you know, there was a real chance to have a message and kind of, you know, really deliver that home. And I like the idea of a forever purge, but once again, the execution was probably for me, the worst execution across the, the, the all of the movies where I just, um, really didn't gel with any of the characters kind of all of the people at the ranch they were just so kind of generic and and you kind of had this hint of like a a a racial issue between the the two the the family and the workers and again it just it didn't feel um you know proper it just it, it felt kind of just chucked in there um almost to the point that it's kind of worse being chucked in as as cheap as this than than actually adding weight to it that that really could be added um and and then yeah kind of you know after not liking any of the characters the movie doesn't really ever get going for me i think the the movie kind of does move at an okay pace like it does keep going but just everything that was going on just was uninteresting to me i didn't find pretty much any kind of scene like that su- suspenseful or exciting i think kind of um <clears throat> you know it mostly missed the mark throughout um and and ultimately yeah i feel like a re- their biggest kind of swing and a miss for the for the franchise in terms of i didn't get any fun purge stuff and when 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 the forever purge broke out it was just like i say it was just kind of like gunplay it was just kind of like you know uh um free reign kind of army you know tanks and stuff going around and and martial law and and no real kind of actual tension just these kind of scenes of multiple gunfire and and yeah so i just kind of felt pretty pretty much disappointed throughout the whole movie um Mm. which which is my biggest problem when i take away from this movie that i kind of never really felt any hype there was no real hype to then feel deflated i just kind of felt nothing (laughs) throughout the whole thing yeah (laughs) yeah i think that's where i'm at like where my biggest disappointment is it just felt like a a giant waste of time like Mm. it was i thought this was a complete snooze fest from beginning Mm. to end like one of the most boring films i've ever seen at the cinema like i'm struggling to think the last time i was this unbelievably just bored where i'm like my hand is leaning on uh, my you know my face is leaning on my hand and i just want it to be over where it's like if, if i was watching this at home it would have had none of my interest where i'd have been checking my phone and doing other stuff whereas because i'm watching it in the cinema you know it's our return to the cinema it's a saturday night and I'm, I'm excited to be there and instead i'm just seeing the most boring drivel on my screen I spent, I spent a few minutes looking at the lights in the scene <laughs> yeah it's one of those movies where like it's just like anything to keep your eyes off what's happening because you can get into it and i think you've done a really good job actually more than i can do of actually breaking down why the movie sucks because i just get to the point where my my eyes glaze over because it's everything <laughs> i'm seeing is so boring and bland that i can't even get into the minutiae of why this movie sucks it's just so generic like you said about it gets to the point where it is just gunplay and i feel like that's what 90 percent of this movie was which was poorly lit dark as hell streets which you, you know my take on that in general in films mm. and then it's just two sides shooting at one another and i haven't got a clue what's going on no. it's just like oh there's just a, lo- a bunch of loud shit going on on the screen and oh isn't this exciting and it's like well, no it's it's boring it's bland um and like you say the fact that these are this is like a horror franchise seems like a joke at this point because there isn't anything in this movie that resembles a horror film um in terms of tension character work plot um anything it is just has this boring ass setup that you've already seen so many times at this point which i'll get to that shortly about my overall thoughts on this franchise at this point Mm. um and and then just here's a bunch of people shooting each other and then you do that for 80 minutes in the most bland way possible and then the movie's over and so it really is just a bland bad action film that's all this this film is at this point Mm. um the politics and messages that are in this are so unbearably basic at this point um where like the purge is very difficult to do because you can easily go into like parody 
um, yeah. very quickly. And I think when The Purge was at its best, it was shining the spotlight on these very small stories and showing how normal people can be driven to these very unnormal urges, which is what The Purge is. And in this movie, we get the best example I can remember of how terrible um, this concept is, which is we get an extended sequence with a white skinhead character who literally has a swastika, a giant swastika <laughs> tattooed on his face. And he's acting exactly how you'd expect someone to look like that to act. And I'm just like, what am I supposed to get from this? That like Nazis are bad. Like, oh my God, that's so interesting. Like, it's just, it's so unbearably boring what anything they're trying to get across. Um, and it's, I, it's, we've spoken about this before with these types of films that try and have a message where, like, I, I guess that's the sad reality going into a bit more where it's like, is that really how they feel they need to have this message at this point of like the the, the message is racism is bad and Nazis are bad? Because I feel like we should be beyond that at this point. And it's sad. It really is sad if these movies feel like that needs to be a message to people stand up and applaud. Because I'm kind of like, man, is that not, can't we just take that as red? Like, isn't that what every normal, rational human being should think at this point? And then we can move forward and maybe actually look well, at things whole, a bit more interesting than that. The whole Nazi thing is just kind of just so silly because, you know, we're, we're so many years removed from it at this point. And yeah, it's just, you know, it's just chucked in there. It's just the cheapest way to be like, let's just say that that person's bad straight away just put a swastika on his forehead mm. you know but the race side of things i think i think kind of movies like this can do more damage for the message than 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 just not having it in because it's just so um cheap and and just not kind of like i say just not well done and just kind of the way that you just knew they were going to try and flip it on its head and and just kind of you know it, it just didn't need to be there i don't think and it and it just kind of even when the characters were saying it i think at one point like uh, when they're in like the lorry the, the character straight up asks him and he doesn't really have an answer yeah and, and it was almost like the script was like uh, yeah well not not really just i'm just kind of a dick and i'm like you know it just kind of it just it just wasn't well written throughout that whole that whole kind of you know subplot of this kind of class war and race war and, and neither of them were very well executed. The class war was slightly better executed than, than mm. the race side of things, but that's only because the other one was terrible. Um, yeah, and even that was barely prevalent in this compared mm. to what we've delved in previous Purge movies, like, say, where we have... Like, that's a really interesting dynamic that they've dealt with pretty... what, what Probably the best out of all of the issues they've tackled, really, which is kind of like the people that have the means to defend themselves on Purge Night versus the people that don't. Um, yeah. And they've talked about that with, like, the homelessness and kind of who can afford proper security and all that stuff from literally the first Purge movie. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, like, even that is just... And that's getting to my kind of overall feelings now where I think this movie's terrible first and foremost and has yeah. served zero purpose both as an entertaining movie or as anything thought provoking. Yeah, um, and there's a purge movie. Yeah. But like as this with this franchise now, I'm just like, I don't understand the point of this anymore. I really don't where I've seen all of these movies um I think I've seen all of them at the cinema at this point and 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 obviously watched the TV show and I'm just like I don't understand this there is there is something here but they need to step back now and like actually take a look at what what this franchise is all about because like I say at this point now we have at least three of these movies which is just a bunch of people running around street shooting each other yeah. and the, the purge is better than that i know it's better than that unfortunately the evidence doesn't back that up and i'm not going to try and defend the purge as kind of a franchise because ultimately that's what it, what it's become but i know it can be better than that i think the first movie proved that um you know being the and closest the to an actual yeah being the closest to an actual horror movie because it was this home invasion movie with mm. the purge as the background but then yeah what you say like that season one of the show really delved into like different types of characters that we've not seen in any of the films which is so sad given how many of the mm. films there are mm. and also because it had more time to develop those characters yeah. did a really good job and so i stand by that, that i think season one of the tv show is still the best version of the purge and i think out of mm. the films the first movie is still the best purge movie um yeah. and that's well, really I sad i agree because i think that i think the first movie is probably the best 
still the best thing we've seen from Purge, just because it was this great standalone thing that was basically just the Purge was an excuse for the people to be locked in their house. Mm. And I think it was really well executed and, and kind of, you know, really well done. And then I think the best representation of what a Purge should be, because that was a very standalone story, the first movie, is the first season of the TV show. Because like you said, I think we get introduced to, to characters where... Um, people have been people are thrown into a situation where they have to get involved with the purge you know we had we had the kind of college student and his kind of whole journey was that season one or was that season two um i can't remember i was thinking that actually yeah because we had the woman who was kind of using it to get advances at her yeah advances in her workplace and i was like that's such a cool concept that could easily be a purge film yeah, exactly. And there, there were loads of cool things. And, and to be uh, both seasons, actually, I think both mm. seasons, I think season two just fizzled out. Yeah, because I think it was season two where you had the whole heist thing where they were where they were yeah, all did, yeah. the heist and all of that. And I you know, I thought that was interesting. And I thought kind of like I say that that kind of evolution of, of a psychopath being made because of Purge, you know, him having to kill someone and then kind of then getting a feeling for it. And I think just kind of throughout the whole thing you know you you had the kind of guy that gets the death threat and then and then is kind of watching his back throughout all of the purge i think kind of every one of these is a way better example than anything we've seen in any purge movie apart from season one um Mm. movie one and and yeah i just think it's a shame because you know it, it, it the purge became like this gimmick for kind of selling masks uh in real life and kind of just having these cool visuals of like neon masks and and weird people kind of you know covered in blood and it's just kind of like that was okay and at least at least they were kind of characters in the movie and now it's even just eliminated that and it, like you say it's just gunplay and and it's really it's really disappointing and I just think if they could have just stripped it back and had you know it, it I would have just much preferred it to have been people attacking that cowboy ranch. Mm. And that be the movie, and and even though I didn't really like the characters, at least a few of them are going to get knocked off, and you know whatever. Um, yeah, that's what it felt and, like it was going to be initially, and then once they get over that initial confrontation really quickly, mm. I was shocked. And then it goes, "Oh, great! Now we're just going to trek for a city for the third time in these mm. films for the next forty minutes." And I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, I can't!" Like this guy needs a co-writer because clearly <laughs> that's his fallback of like i need to fill 40 pages here let's go for a city and let's shoot a bunch of guns and yeah. it's just like come on i like what you said about the masks like even that sucks in this movie where you don't even get some cool looking masks i thought the masks no. all look terrible in this yeah. film and they were actually comical the ones that have bullets or ammunition on the mask to look like teeth looks so stupid and is so like impractical (laughs) like it's so it's just so dumb it just looks stupid but yeah overall i couldn't stand this movie i think it's like we've said before with this franchise it's it's been like good to okay consistently yeah. which is very weird for a franchise it doesn't have these big up swings and swings it's not no. like the conjuring universe you know like almost every other horror franchise there's a reason they become a franchise it's because they either have that one breakout here or they consistently get better whereas the purge has been like yeah the first movie is the best one i don't think it's some amazing movie i think at best mm. it's like between a seven and an eight out of ten yeah and that was the high point and then it's mm. kind of floated around like oh this one was a six this one was a seven this one was a seven this one is like nowhere near that this is this has no. no value as a movie it's not entertaining um i'm obviously in my recommendations now but like i don't recommend anyone pays any money to watch this or just spend your time when this is available on demand um it's completely worthless and it's also made me not want to watch anything purge related mm. to the point where i'm like i'm kind of done with this franchise now like we've spent so much time on it and it's one of those things that i've hoped and prayed it would get better and i i just feel at this point it's never going to happen um so what would your recommendation for it be yeah, i want to talk about the future feel, as well i kind of feel the same as that you know this um this franchise really has been you know swimming in a sea of sixes and sevens and mm. then and, and now it's just massively dipped below that i think i think what this franchise has done incredibly well is found like normal cinema goers and mm. it just and that's how it survived throughout this mediocrity that it's gone through is that it's just kind of it it gets the average cinema goer to go see it and it has this brand recognition you know our cinema was was 
sold out for one screening and then mm. was pretty full for the late one we went and saw. And I'm like, guys, you know that Black Widow's in the other screen, right? And and like I know there was a ton more showings of it, but it's just like um There was a lot of movies that know, came out on that day. Yeah. <laughs> and that was know, very it, busy. It, it has it, it it performs well. Mm, and I think it, it does does, yeah. does a way to capture people who aren't like, you know, hardcore horror fans. Um but yeah, in terms of my recommendations, I mirror what you say that you shouldn't pay money for this. In, and even if it's on a streaming platform, you shouldn't bother watching it. If you're a purge completionist, you should just give up and find a new hobby. Like there, <laughs> there's there's no there's no real like there's no there's no like person that I'd be like, yeah, this is the movie for you. Mm. Um, it's just really not worth it. Yeah. What I wanted to end on was kind of the future of Purge, which I we can throw up a light spoiler warning. We're not going to go into the specifics I wanna, I wanna of this movie. I want to throw into a question for you first. Okay, go for uh, it. So I contemplated this for the first 20 minutes mm. of the movie. So we're in the cinema, trailers happen, the opening credits of a movie roll, and the person behind us gets up and goes to the toilet and then comes back like five minutes in. And I thought what person does that and <laughs> is and is that person a genius because they saw the best part because they got to see a couple of banging trailers and then was like oh i just can't fucking sit for this movie now like who does that i know it's I a very know. random tangent but i was i, I don't I understand cinema goers in general because i, I feel think... like we are so far removed from what is the n- traditional normal <laughs> cinema experience because we go just to watch films weird yeah, i know but strange, that's like that's our that's our whole mo is that we go just to watch the film um whereas everyone else is like i haven't had apparently i haven't had dinner in the last couple of hours because yeah. i need to bring an entire fucking meal with me into the cinema but like <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand that concept either but each to their own i but guess but yeah i don't was, get it it was just when you sit there for an entire load of trailers <laughs> then the movie begins and you're well, like we can have time for well, time I, this <laughs> is probably the best trailers we've ever had before a film I know. um I know. because yeah what well, we had four trailers we had old we had halloween yeah. kills we had yeah. don't breathe two and we had Candyman. Yeah. um which oh. For as great as that is, I'm still and I can't believe we haven't seen One Night in Soho trailer yet, or last night in Soho, isn't it? Yeah, I can't believe yeah. we haven't seen that yet on the big screen. Um, I'm I'm not going to complain when we see those trailers. Like, no, that's... it was good. Um, it's frustrating that I had to kind of close my eyes through most of the Candyman one because that was so different to any trailer I've seen. Um, and what I did see was kind of interesting. I'm guessing you watched the trailer, I but like, I could not because it starts with him he's meeting a guy who's kind of telling him the the story you know the mm. myth of Candyman. and mm. i'm like they've changed a lot haven't they because <laughs> they're talking about police brutality and stuff and i'm like yeah. huh okay i was getting a little bit nervous because of the whole how much of a shit show spiral was so i'm i'm a little bit more nervous now about Candyman than i was because of that trailer i'm, um, I'm not i think I, mm. I think you know having a modern take on the origin of Candyman is is fine by me mm. like i didn't really have an issue with it i think kind of it it makes more sense in the world we're in to have someone kind of to have Candyman formed off something like that as opposed to kind of what what happened you know um, oh, yeah, i'm by no means passing any sort of judgment on it I, like yeah. i literally half watched the trailer and just had oh, a slight yeah. concern so I'm, yeah. I'm still excited yeah. for the movie and, and watching watching it throughout like there's just so much in it like i was trying to not I was doing that thing where I'm kind of like, I'm watching it, but I'm like, all right, eyeballs, you're allowed to watch, but brain, you're not allowed to <laughs> like, take it in. And I was yeah. just trying to absorb the visuals. And, and yeah, like I said, I, I, I just, it's so close now. Yeah. I'm just it like, is don't, really, it's so close. Yeah. I'm like, don't fuck it up, COVID. <laughs> like, just don't be a dick. And like, because, because I'm just like, I think, is there a world where our cinemas are in lockdown and it's in the rest of the world? That's what I'm mm. most worried about now. I know. Where I'm like, just don't, don't fuck it up, people. Are we gonna, are we gonna have to start booking flights to see movies. <laughs> I mean, there's a possibility, but then we wouldn't be able to get flights either. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. Um, but yeah, just I wanted to mention before we move on from Purge. Um, again, mm. maybe slight spoiler warning here. I'm not gonna go into specifics of the movie. Like I say, you shouldn't watch the movie anyway. No. Um, but so the reason why I was kind of heavily playing up the whole what they were saying going into this movie mm-hmm. was it, it's this big crazy concept and having now seen the movie i'm like 
you guys are talking utter shit. Like, it was not some big crazy concept. It was incredibly basic, where it's just like, well, I guess the purge is on forever now, and they have to go to Mexico to flee, and you know, you know, it's... Yeah, America's on fire, and then I guess this now perfectly sets you up for an post-apocalyptic movie. Um, which, again, them saying, like, it's this mind-blowing concept that's going to forever change it. Like, no, because you've done prequels before. Like, you could easily go back in time. Like, I just don't... I get that it's marketing, but I'm, I'm almost annoyed at myself that I believed it. Um, yeah. But I wanted to put in here as well, so there's already some quotes here. Um, so in June 2021, producer James Bloom stated that he intends to make additional Purge movies, and he is working on convincing <laughs> DeMonico to continue the story. Uh, the producer stated he would not make more without the filmmaker's collaboration. Um, DeMonico later okay. stated that... Um, uh, what did he say? Um, oh, yeah, he later stated that um, that Forever Purge was to be the final movie. Um, he then, <laughs> This is where it gets great. The filmmaker stated that, then one day he woke up with another idea that could flip this thing upside down and we can continue in a way that people can enjoy. Um, yeah, apparently he got sent a check from Jason Bloom. Um, yeah. DeMonico confirmed he is working on a script while stating that whether it is made or not depends on the reception of the previous movie. When he says reception, he means box office revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in July 2021... DeMonico confirmed his concept for Purge 6 to focus on Frank Frank Grillo's Leo Barnes and incorporate a worldwide Purge, a concept developed originally for a potential third season of the TV show. Um, so luckily, he already had this... Yeah, Frank Grillo, um, the guy from... Yeah. I, I remember him from Winter Soldier, the guy who um, cap fights in the elevator. I was going to say, he he's... Was, He's in like Purge Three or something. He two and three. He was in yeah two and three yeah. yeah okay. Um. So apparently he's still knocking around. Two movies being absent. <laughs> exactly. I really give a shit about what he's up to. Yeah, and it's like okay, like it's because... like oh, he, he had a chat. He had a chat with the people that cut his paychecks, and he's now decided that his idea is that there's now going to be two purges a year. Mm. They're actually just going to do a six monthly purge, and they can just rack these movies out every six months. Yeah, and also apparently it seems like Frank Grillo probably hasn't had much offers in the last couple of years, so now he's more <laughs> open to doing a Purge movie again. Who knows? But yeah, listen, I know, I know we're um, throwing a lot of shit right now, but the, but this only happens when we have paid to see a movie at the cinema which we did not like, and that is our yeah, right to I do think, so. And I think the problem is, is that for a franchise that we've given a lot of slack to, this yeah, was them a lot saying of time and money I've given yeah, to this franchise. Yeah, they were like, this was them saying. Don't worry, guys. We we had a vision, and this is going to be our spectacle. Like this is our end game right here. And I'm like, <laughs> really, guys? Like, well, just just like all you've done is shifted the gunplay to the next day and been like, oh, you're not meant to do that, guys. Mm, um, I know. What a crazy quest- concept. Yeah, you know, it's always questionable. Like, um... because literally, not to cut you off, but this this potential six film is literally. Mm purge but in mexico that's yeah. his crazy concept like come on it's this it's gonna be the same movie just running about shooting each other like you know oh. in three from hell <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, if free from hell is getting mentioned i think it's time to move on um i just wanted to make you happy so i thought i'd just put that little <laughs> well, thought we got it. something else to talk about which we'll get to very shortly which does make me very happy um but for now that was sadly our discussion on hopefully the last <laughs> Purge movie, um, but it won't be. Um, we will take a short break and we will be right back. So, yeah, just to... Uh, finish us off this week because i need to talk about something good um no more horror talks if you're only here for the horror movies we'll be back next week with um a little m night movie which is going to be interesting like let's talk about that now before we go into marvel talk are we going to get to see this do we know this yet yeah it's um it is now showing on the app um so which is always a good sign it did disappear in our local on our local (laughs) listings yeah i did get a little bit terrified (laughs) for sure but no it is there which is nice um but yeah again it's uh, just to talk about this briefly like is this is weird man you know i adore m night i am unashamedly a fanboy of his and Mm -hmm. especially his last three movies are i think on par with his first three movies and he has so turned around his career in a way that i don't think anyone could have seen coming and Mm -hmm. he's like the hottest he's ever been right now and Mm -hmm. then i'm a huge fan it's all it's ticking all the boxes 
but I'm not really excited for this movie. Like I've said before on the podcast, the trailer did nothing for me. I've seen it a few times. This concept just seems so basic this... and beneath M Night, in my opinion. I I saw something in this trailer that that gave me a little bit of a tingle of excitement, thinking, mm. uh, I don't know, man. I feel like we're going to get some real M Night shit here. It was kind of like when that's the... good. I hope so. The kids were more. It's not spoilery, but when yeah, they, they did close like, my eyes during the old trailer this time, <laughs> they, they were like swimming in some like underground caverns and just kind of like I won't go into it, but I got a real vibe that there was gonna shit was gonna go down there, and that mm-hmm. that what we've seen in the trailer and kind of a lot of the aging and all of that is going to be very much first half an hour of the movie, and it's going to take a real kind of direction twist. And and yeah, I don't know. It just got me more pumped like that trailer. Um, there was just there was just a slight different vibe about it where it kind of it didn't just touch on the fact that like oh you're young and now you're old like mm. you got wrinkles um you know it kind of it kind of evolved past that a bit and i kind of felt a bit more of the tension and horror um that's good. So, so yeah i'm i'm definitely like uh, whether that's a good sign or not i'm i'm the most pumped i've been for this movie <laughs> since, since like the inception of it <laughs> well that's good because you can set yourself up for disappointment whereas yeah for me i am so not excited for it which i think is a really good space to be because hopefully mm. it will um it will blow away my expectations but yeah it is it is weird you know we've been away from the cinema for so long we've been away from new movies for so long and he is on that that list of directors that would get me really excited normally. Mm. And yeah, this movie's just not doing it for me, but hopefully I'll just be blown away next week. That's what I'm really, really hoping mm. for. And he definitely has a chance for it. Cause like I said, I don't want to downplay how exceptional his last three movies have been. And if, and if this is anywhere near that level, I'll be so happy. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that next week. Um, but yeah, before we end this week, we need to talk mm. about some Marvel because it's been a while. And um, so yeah, in the last week or so, we have watched Black Widow as well as the uh, season finale of Loki. And we haven't even talked about the whole season um, on the mm. show. Um, so where do you want to g- begin? Which which one would you like to talk about first? I mean, I think I just got to talk about Black Widow. Because mm. um, this movie has been just you know, as, as delayed as anything we've possibly could have had. And especially with the fact that... Um, I don't know, James Bond still is well, nowhere near to be seen. <laughs> yeah. but, but what I'm saying is, especially with the fact that Disney kind of shifted a lot of their stuff and it was just mm. kind of like, what is going on with Black Widow? You know, what is going on with the MCU that we're getting kind of all of this TV show that has happened where uh, where this movie should have been the first point and the mcu has been such a well thought out thing that kind of it just made me think oh black widow is just a throwaway movie for them it's just this kind of story to kind of give natasha kind of you know moment in the limelight and it's not going to be this real you know important chapter of the mcu um and kind of you know, going into it, I, I just was super excited to see a Marvel movie. Um, but the second this movie opened, I, I was like, what what is wrong with me? Like, why did I have anything other than, like, absolute blind faith that they were going to absolutely smash it? And I think kind of the opening scenes of the movie, we get to see Natasha as a child and kind of instantly just kind of fell in love with that character more than I already did and kind of um we, should we say from the get-go like full spoilers for these if you want to yeah yeah because we normally yeah. do with marvel don't we because if you yeah, know well, yeah people listen to this if they like marvel yeah. or if not they don't so yeah we'll we'll be we'll be spoilering these both okay. these the film and the tv show i likes it um and, and yeah kind of i just i just had a like amazing time from start to finish with this movie i think kind of um the action was some of the craziest action we've seen in kind of Marvel movies for um, regular humans, um, which was, which was nice. It, it was, it, we pretty much got this whole movie is pretty much regular humans, isn't it? Like we have kind of the, the one person in a suit that's kind of a bit powerful. Hmm. Um, there are other that, people, but it's, it's a lot of the yeah. widows who are, to my knowledge, just trained assassins. Yeah, trained um, assassins. You know, obviously, Red not... Guardian is is has powers. Like yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess Red Guardian is is a super soldier as well. But do you know what I mean? Like, we just don't have like Doctor Strange or Thor or that yeah. level. And it's just kind of like, 
Um, so it was much more of a traditional action movie, kind of very similar to a um, It Gave Me Born vibes throughout. It Gave Me Mission Impossible vibes throughout. And I think kind of... Um, well, in terms yeah. of Marvel movies, the closest they've ever got is Winter Soldier. Because even though mm. I know what you're saying in terms of the um, the kind of power stuff, but Winter Soldier is a very hard-hitting personal combat movie. It doesn't have mm. those crazy over-the-top um, CGI sequences. And that's why it's yeah. so many people's one of their favorites, including myself, because it's very real and gritty and hard-hitting. Um, yeah, and I think and I think this movie does a really good job of just being much more of a traditional action movie. And like I said, I really enjoyed a lot of the set pieces. There's a there's a real fantastic car chase in it. There's um, you know, really good, um, really good finale that just kind of like just visually it kind of um having seen like so much of the Marvel TV show, I kind of have been saying a lot that like, oh, they've kind of just managed to scale their movies to TV and it's it's a marvel movie experience and then kind of watching this you kind of realize the scale that they can go to with the movies still and kind of um you know i i, I think i've just missed seeing him at the cinema more than anything yeah um and that's why i just had such a great time with it i think the characters that they introduced um you know kind of red guardian was was fantastic and all of her all of kind of her extended family obviously david harbour was great as guardian um Florence Pugh, I think, was brilliant as her kind of um, uh, surrogate sister, stepsister, whatever, mm. kind of fake sister. I think kind of her character and kind of her at the end of the movie gets me very excited to see her again. And like Rachel Wise was fantastic as well as kind of the, the mum mm. character. I thought that whole family, the, the kind of um, dinner table scene that we've seen in the trailer quite a bit mm. i didn't really jive with in the trailer um and i kind of thought man like david harbour feels very out of place in this world and with this character and kind of everyone just feels a little bit weird and kind of natasha doesn't feel like natasha and the rest of the movies and everything else but by the time we got to that scene they kind of earned the banter and the conversation that was going on there and um yeah i like like i said i just i just had a real good time i think it they they kind of they they do such a good job of adding kind of weight with with kind of the 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 additions to the to the to the um roster you know they've got such a crazy roster of kind of stars that have been in this but then suddenly you know ray winston just pops up as a, as a bad guy <laughs> in this and mm. it's like jesus christ like they just get um you know so many crazy you know people to come into it even now and and it just keeps adding to it and and yeah i just i just had a real good time yeah i, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie i would say i was maybe slightly less hot on it um than you but i still really liked it and i think i was i was a bit different to you where when this movie first started i was pretty cautious where like the the opening scenes weren't vibing with me that much i was like i was interested and then especially going back to where this movie set um you know kind of like post civil war um and before infinity war i was like oh it's, it's a bit weird going back here um because we've had that huge payoff with all the thanos stuff and now we've also had with the amazing tv shows like we have started to see those first proper steps into what this new phase is going to look like oh. and i'm and i'm all for it um and so it is a bit weird now to go back to that so it, it definitely needed to earned me and it definitely did by the end i would say once we had got to post breaking out david harbour from prison and get oh. into that family dinner scene like i was so invested at that point where i was totally with you i i've always loved natasha but then to have her share the screen in her solo movie with these three new characters and them all just be so brilliant um i was blown away by like you say especially david harper uh, david harbour and um florence Pugh, because not only is it really hard to just join this this late anyway, but you're very both these actors are very recognizable to us mm. through lots of things that we've seen uh, that we love and then they're playing they you know they're speaking with russian accents yeah which is like really hard to do effectively um and they're doing it so unbelievably well it's crazy um like there was one scene w which is literally them singing american pie in a russian accent yeah and it oh, and it and it works and i'm and I, and I believed it is this mm -hmm. like sweet father-daughter moment and i was like man they are fucking killing this 
Um, and even Ray Winston, who his character is fascinating to me because he has one of the most iconic British voices ever. Yeah, like, I know. Like, like you could hear one word from him and I'd know it's him. And hearing him do a Russian accent to start with, I was like, oh, that's, this is going to be weird. And even he did a, I think he did a good job where they, mm. they limited his vocabulary, which I think yeah. helped massively. He doesn't do long speeches like the other two characters that are doing Russian accents do. Um, yeah. He's very limited in what he says. And even though it still sounds like Ray Winston, it does sound like a Russian Ray Winston. Like, I don't know, it, it weirdly worked when it shouldn't have done. Um, I know what you mean. Yeah, so I was like, in on that. Like three very recognizable <laughs> actors with very recognizable voices. You know, you think Florence, you know, she has a crazy recognizable voice. And, mm. and, and yeah, to, to put on those accents was, was definitely, you know, it took me a minute for all of them to get used to, but they, they mm. definitely nailed it. 100%. So, yeah, and, and by the end of it, I loved where this went. I thought it was such a, a great story. I think it filled in Black Widow's backstory perfectly and kind of it left me completely satisfied now with obviously moving on from that character. And I don't have any like huge question marks. Um, and it gets me incredibly excited for these new characters where I said to you coming out of the cinema and obviously we're talking full spoilers where I was like, I'm so glad they didn't Rogue One this and just have everyone die and then be like, well, Black mm -hmm. Widow's the only one who survived and we know what happens to her. Like this actually had consequence we have now yelena we have red guardian we have i can't remember what rachel vice's character is called um and then we have all Mel the widows uh um, rachel vice isn't she called melena is that melena is it is it yelena yeah. and melena is that right um um i don't I think, know what florence i think florence is, is called think... yelena but i'm not too sure um but uh, yeah, Yelena and Melena. Yeah, um, and, 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 and obviously... Alexi. I love Alexi so much. Man. Yes, um, the joke with the pig and calling it Alexi was just great. Oh, and also, no. like, really, like, the comedy was fantastic in this movie. Like, and especially from David and Florence in particular, like, they bring the comedy so hard. Mm. And especially with, like, um, Scarlett with Natasha playing, like, the straight character and then them being the kind of overtly comedic characters. I just thought it worked so well. And yeah, by the end of it, loved it. I'm super glad that these characters are now in the MCU going forward um and even like the post credit stuff was just it was phenomenal it was so perfect um it was amazing seeing um valentina again after falcon and winter soldier and again we are in this new phase we've only just started but i am so incredibly excited for the future of these characters and kind of like seeing that of like her showing the picture of, of clint barton and being like this mm. is the reason why natasha died and knowing that we're getting hawkeye this year is just so exciting um and I, I yeah i just can't wait for the future you know um and so yeah i guess going into loki as well because if we were if we weren't spoiled enough getting to see black widow finally at the cinemas we've had an entire season of loki and i've really gone on like an adventure with the show because when it started i thought the first episode was really interesting like you mm -hmm going into it overall i was like i've really liked loki in the mcu but when he died in infinity war i felt like it was a good time for that character to leave and i and again much similar to black widow i was happy with his overall character arc um yeah. and then you get this perfect opportunity because of that great scene in endgame where you're like man what what if we zoom in on this character who's gone off with the tesseract and then you get this whole weird setup with the tva with owen wilson and it's like what is going on here this is so bizarre and and you know infinity stones don't mean anything anymore and it very much felt uh -huh. like this bold new step into a different direction and i guess i was very much in on episode one and then I think this ep this season very much kind of for a lot of people they loved it for it which is fair enough but for me it was very stagnant in the middle um similar-ish I guess to Falcon and Winter Soldier but there was a couple of episodes I think it was episode three in particular where I was just like this is just not going anywhere like I get that Loki's a fun character Tom's doing a great job um and seeing these different interactions but especially when it was like him and Sylvie going off on their adventures like i've said to you before but like it just felt like doctor who to me with a budget um and you know i like doctor who 15 years ago but i've not thought about it for a decade because i feel like i outgrew that um and just seeing that version of the mcu i was just i wasn't having a great time and so going into the finale i wasn't too keen on the show overall and if we just spoke about it on the podcast, I reckon I'd have been pretty negative. But I adored this season finale. I think it might be my favorite episode 
or I don't know actually because it's so hard with one division. But like I, I, I love this season finale, and oh. so my biggest concern about Loki was that it wouldn't have a big consequence on the MCU because mm. well, it's this, it's it's not really our Loki. At the end of the day, we know what happens to our Loki, and so the whole thing felt like oh, okay, if it is this fun side adventure, we get more Tom playing this character, and that'll be the end of it. But to me, and especially with the obviously the post credits hint of a season two, but like this was so monumental and really does set up everything like it sets up why spider-man 3 is going to be batshit it it sets up even more stuff in the multiverse of madness which we already had a shit ton of stuff set up from wandavision um this potentially sets up the fantastic four this potentially sets up x-men like it's it's mind-blowing how much they set up in this finale with the with the kind of time as we know it and also it perfectly answers that question of like they didn't even need to answer this, but it was a case of, well, why wasn't the multiverse an issue in the last decade of films? And this show perfectly answers that because he who remains was kind of keeping it all in check for mm. whatever reason. And now it's all been fractured. So I love the finale and also mentioning that character. He was incredible. Um, it was one of my favorite introductions of a new character the MCU has ever done. Um, kind of, it's a variant of what what we are going to see is going to be Kang. Um, and what an amazing, bold way to bring in. I, I know a little bit about Kang because I've heard him referenced a lot by yeah. the kind of hardcore comic fans. And, and they've always talked about like, he's going to be the next Thanos. You know, he is going to be the big bad of the next potential six to seven years worth of films. Um, and so, but for him to be introduced in this way where we haven't actually seen Kang yet, we've seen this variant. Um, and I loved that performance. He was so funny and charming. And it was very much like an entertaining version of that architect well, scene is... in Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, really, really is. I think the, the, what they do so well is um like we're, we're not comic book guys mm. so our mcu love is everything they've put into the the, fr- the franchise and when there's these characters and stuff that i just don't you know have never heard of from the you know fr- from uh, the comic books then they do such a good job of bringing them in for I'm sure, well, I hope that the comic book fans were losing their mind at this kind of, you know, variant version of Kang. And then for me, it's like, well, this is just a really cool way to introduce this character that I'm aware of. And Mm. kind of, uh, you know, the way he was kind of given that knowing nod, like of, you know, this is a good version of me. Like, you ought to see me when I'm crazy. Like, I just, Mm. I just kind of, I love that. And I think kind of, um at this point with what they've introduced with this kind of multiverse and everything like i want to see like multiple versions of it you know i want to see i want to see alligator kang and everything else like <laughs> I, you know i don't i don't want it to just to be then the next version we get is the only version i think this is the cool thing about this um you know i i want to see kind of I, i'd love for them to go to a different dimension and just see like chill thanos mm-hmm. you know what i mean or or like uh uh, uh thanos that joins the avengers you know just like all of these <laughs> things and that's why as well i'm really pumped for what if yeah that's because, gonna be great because at, at this point like we love these characters and yeah like i just want to see them do some weird stuff because we've seen endgame like nothing nothing is going to come to the combination of endgame like they'll do other who knows man stuff. who knows at this point mm, i i feel maybe. like the steps that I, again i'm not going to say it's going to be better than that but the steps no. they've made so far i think are better than the steps made previously so like yeah who knows <laughs> yeah i mean who knows and you know but what and if they do great yeah but yeah if they don't i'm still happy with just fun you know crazy stuff which is exactly what they've given us so far you think the three tv shows have all been great stepping stones for the canon, which I really wasn't expecting. But most mm. importantly, they were really fun TV shows. Yeah, I'm totally with you where it's like they are somehow juggling this so perfectly where they are setting up the new phase and they're setting up these incredibly big, bold things, but they're still keeping it really entertaining. And also, like you say, this does feel like the fun era of Marvel mm. where they are focusing more on the here and now and not like okay we need to get to the point where it's x-men fighting kang in the year Mm. 2022 how do we get there like it doesn't feel like that it feels more like no we just want loki to be a a fun ass show 
um yeah. and similar with with like you say with the previous stuff and i think that's going to be the case going forward um and yeah it gets me so excited with stuff like the eternals that like i again i know nothing about mm -hmm. But the little I know is like, well, there's a reason why they're now coming into the universe, because the multiverse as we know it is being completely destroyed. And so this is why they would be introduced. And so it's like, man, they're so they're so fucking clever, aren't they? And, and like I say, we are just so lucky we live in this world because um, we, we've never seen anything like this before. We're probably never going to see anything like it again. And we don't even know where this is going. Like you say, these most recent steps in this new bold direction I think we both said kind of like, oh, you know, I'm excited to see these new characters that I've never heard of, but I'm never going to like them as much as I loved mm. Cap and Iron Man and Hulk and and Black Widow. But it's like, man, these new characters are introducing with with US Agent and Yelena, like who we just talked about, and, and Red Guardian and Kang, like oh, the yeah. Kang variant of He Who Remains. Like, I love all of these characters. They're all awesome. And that's the thing. I don't know why we denied, doubted it, because mm. like, who was who was Captain America to, to us? Exactly. Before we yeah. watched that first movie, it was just another random name. Mm. You know, we didn't. I didn't. I didn't know who Captain America was. I didn't know who any of these guys were. Which just because they, they did a literal ten out of ten job, where we was like, well, surely they can't do that again. But so yeah. far, they are. <laughs> exactly. But you know, it's not. It's not like, you know, it. it, it it's the fundamental problem with Batman, where mm. we all know and love Batman, Joker, and and so whenever they do anything that's not Batman and Joker, we don't like it as much. But yeah, like. Yeah. Marvel doesn't have that baggage with me where I'm like, yeah, Spider-Man's cool. But then, like, that's that's it, you know. And and it shouldn't have worked with all these secondary, you know. It should be like, because there was a... Did, did the Flash movie ever get made? Like, what other standalone DC movie? No, no, the Flash, is, the Flash is upcoming. Right, because, yeah, I just don't even know at this point because I'm like, I, I really don't give a shit if you're not Batman. Yeah. Like, I'll give them a watch and maybe they'll be okay. Um, well, that's what's interesting going forward with obviously DC, like say, with the weird spot they're in, because mm -hmm. they have just come out of there was the the failed attempt at them doing the DCU, which clearly didn't work. Then you have stuff like the Wonder Woman sequel, which is kind of like one foot in that universe, but also they just want to make a good movie. Mm -hmm. You have stuff like Joker, which is just completely different to all of it. Yeah. Um, then you have Zack Schneider's Justice League, which is kind of like a we're trying to put the bandaid over and give you what we should have done five years ago. And then just we're now a couple of weeks away from James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, okay. which again is like, oh, well, it's got a couple of the actors from Suicide side squad but it's not really that canon it's not part of the universe we're just trying to make a good movie and it's like like I say for them i hope they just focus on one project at a time and they just make them good whereas marvel is so lucky that they make each each project good in its own right where like you say you can watch black widow and have a great time but i'm so happy that i've invested the time and effort into this overall mcu where it's like, yeah, I didn't like Doctor Strange, the first movie. Like, as a standalone movie, I didn't like it. I love that character. I love what it what it gave to this world. And and Doctor Strange 2 is one of my most anticipated movies because of everything that's happened in the last five years, not in Doctor Strange, but in Infinity War, Endgame, WandaVision, Loki, potentially Spider-Man 3. Like, it's, it's mind-blowing what they do. It really is. Um, so, yeah. I can't wait for the future. What like so? I guess what if is the next Marvel show, mm. um, which is I guess a bit weird because we're both very excited for it. But it's not. I guess it's not technically MCU, is it? Because it's, well, it's not canon. It's just like a fun little throwaway yeah. thing, isn't it? So I do wonder if they'll try and because it, it's kind of there. You could even say from Loki, like, well, here's a bunch of these fractured timelines that didn't yeah, really exactly. go anywhere. That's, that's how I kind of see it now. That this is just yeah. like different timelines of that which is yeah different cool. timelines that were pruned and then you just get to watch them mm -hmm. in a cartoon form but yeah i can't wait it's all good stuff man like right. and yeah that, that's the thing about loki where overall i'm so glad i watched it now because of where we got that's kind of what they do and we talk about this all the time mm -hmm. just with horror films in general like well if i watch a movie that's decent the the ending blows me away i'm gonna have a good reception for it mm. and that's kind of how i feel about loki where like overall it wasn't one of my favorite things i've ever seen like in the middle of the season i, I would i would have told you i wasn't having a good time but my god did that finale make up for it. And that finale was so good where i'm like well i actually want to watch the whole series again now because i know mm. that it actually does mean something at this point um yeah which again, you shouldn't i shouldn't have even doubted in the first place but um yeah what a time uh 
so yeah that was our little marvel chat back to the horror movies next week uh with old um and yeah maybe like escape room's already out so if that's still in the cinema and there's nothing else maybe we'll see that the week after um <laughs> maybe maybe and i want to see fair street as well like yeah, I had that itching. i've got a good feeling yeah, like because right. I've been watching some other stuff on Netflix in the last few days, and I always see it on there. And I'm like, oh, it's so weird mm. that I've watched the first two and not the third one. Like, so we've got to get to that, obviously, at some point. Um, but it's we a good will. problem to have. Too many films to watch. We... That's great. I will never complain about that after living through the last eighteen months. Trust mm. me. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that was episode number two hundred and fifty-seven. Uh, thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Shut up, I can't Mainly because I never could How could I start that?